Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. We're in a series that is titled B-L-E-S-S, Bless. Last week we looked at the, uh, the B, it's an acronym, Begin With Prayer. And uh, I don't know how many of you have a story of praying the dangerous prayer, praying the woo prayer, the water prayer. But uh, I've had actually several conversations of people that uh, have been praying that dangerous prayer. Lord, today I make myself available to you. Bring that person or those people into my life that, that need you the most, that need me the most. And uh, I want to encourage you to keep pressing into that dangerous prayer uh, and, and then allow your spiritual antenna, your relational antenna to go up and pay attention to who God brings across your path that needs help, that needs a hug, that needs a smile, that needs a word of encouragement that needs prayer. Uh, it's, it's a life of adventure when we pray this dangerous prayer. And uh, I, I've been praying it uh, for the last two weeks. I've been praying it for a lot since I was in college. I pray it every day, or almost every day. And um, just so powerful to see how God shows up. And uh, this week I was praying it, and I received a text from somebody in the wedding business that I know that I've done uh, several weddings with, and, and she just said, I need prayer. If you could do that for me. She's not a person who goes to church, but uh, could you pray for me and my family about this one issue? I don't think I've ever received a text from this person, but I started praying this dangerous prayer, and all of a sudden, my phone's blowing up for a prayer request. And I want to encourage you to live beyond yourself. The Christian faith isn't just about God bless me. In Genesis 12, 2, the Lord said to Abraham, I will bless you so that you will become a blessing to others. The reason your life is blessed by God isn't just to go, wow, this is great. I'm going to be a hoarder of blessing. It's to be a conduit of blessing, an instrument of blessing to others. So we're going to look at the, uh, the L today. And I'm going to begin with a quote. I, I, uh, it's a question, actually. Some of you will recognize it. Uh, there was a book, I think it came out in the early 90s, maybe late 80s. It's a Stephen Covey book, The Seven Habits. And, and in, in one of the chapters, he begins it with this question. What one thing, one thing, not five things, what one thing could you do in your personal or professional life that if you did it on a regular basis would make a tremendous positive difference. That would make a tremendous positive difference in your life, and I would add, in the life of others. Now, it might be worth your time right now to answer that question. I can think of several things. But today, I want to have you think about one word, listen. What if the answer to that question was listen. So we're looking at the acronym BLESS, 
B, begin with prayer. L is to listen well, to listen well, to listen well. So we have a bag up here. There's a little surprise in this bag. How many of you know what this is? How many, a few of you know what this is. This is called a timer. A lot of preachers have this in the front row so they don't get preacher's disease and preach too long. But this, this timer was introduced to me uh, a month ago, maybe a couple of months ago. Um, I was in a coaching meeting. Uh, some of our staff are, are being coached right now. Um, and the coach said, we're going to introduce this, this timer into our meeting, and it's for you, John. I'm like, wow, what, what, are, you what are you talking about? Why is it for me? And uh, here's how the dialogue went. It basically said, this timer, we're going to set it for 10 minutes, and we're going to allow this staff person to talk, and you aren't allowed to interrupt them. You are not allowed to interject what you're thinking. You are not allowed to say anything. So, of course, we put the timer on, and gosh, two minutes into it, I'm like, can I say something? No, be quiet. Just keep your mouth shut and listen, 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 listen. So this is a new tool and technique that's uh, helping me as a leader, as a, uh, a boss, as someone who uh, is trying to be an encouragement to my team, it's gone to this extent. This is, this is how much I need. I have no business giving this sermon today. This is what I'm doing right now in my life. I'm being timed that I need to keep quiet. But I wonder this morning if you're aware that uh, most people think, if I were to say, are you a good listener, you probably wouldn't raise your hand, but you would probably go, oh, yeah, I'm a good listener. But the research shows that only 25% of what a person is saying, or uh, only 25% of what, of what we, we only hear 25% of what a person is saying. Think about that. We only hear 25% of what a person is saying. Why is that? It's because we are preoccupied with something that we need to do. We have a reply that we're waiting to inject and we're looking at our cell phone, and sometimes it's all at the same time, thinking, looking, and so we're distracted. And so this morning, I want you to think about the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 8. I don't have these on the screen right now, but this is what they say. In Luke 8, Jesus said, consider carefully how you listen. Why would Jesus say that? Consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully how you listen. He had just shared some teaching, and he said, if you respond to my teaching, you're going to get more. If you don't respond to my teaching, you're not going to get more. What's the meaning of that? It means when we listen responsibly, we're going to get more relationship. We're going to get more intimacy. We're going to grow closer. And if we aren't responsive, we're going to get less closeness, intimacy, relationship. In James chapter 1, most of you, some of you, if you don't, you should underline, circle this in your Bibles. It says this, James 1 verse 19, you must, be, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to get angry. You must be quick, eager, make it a priority to listen. Slow to speak, meaning let's move speaking first down below listening, and then slow to get angry. I love the message, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. He says this, lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. And then you King James Version fans, wherefore, my beloved brethren, (laughs) wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Let me read for you a quote. There's a book, uh, it's a classic, it's called Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He has a section in this book. I love the the phrase of the section. He calls it the ministry of listening. Did you know that listening is a ministry? The ministry of listening. And here's, here's a quote from the book. Many people are looking for an ear that will listen. They do not find it among Christians because Christians are too busy talking when they should be listening. You ever read a quote, and I'll just pause right here and say, hate that quote. (laughs) Let me read that again. Because Christians are too busy talking when they should be listening. Christians have forgotten that the ministry of listening has been committed to them by him who is the great listener and whose work we share. In our effort to bless people in our community, the people we live with, the, our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our neighbors, I would say that if you want to be a person of influence, think about it this way. People listen to people who listen. Try that on. Just soak in that. People listen to people who listen, if you want to be a person of influence, if I do, that's why I have this, because I want to keep growing and becoming. I want, I want more influence in people's life. I need to grow in my listening, because people listen to those who listen. I don't know if this is true for you, but I was thinking and reflecting this week, and I was also thinking that the people who listen to me are the people that I move towards. Is that true for you? The people that actually pay attention. When you share something, they circle back and check in. They're listening. They're hearing you. Their body language isn't all cramped up and away from you. They're actually leaning in. Their arms aren't crossed. They're, they're, there's a warmth. They got, there's, there's eye contact. They're dialed in. They're engaged. They're interested. We tend to move towards those kinds of people, don't don't you? I do. My life is more open to people that are listening. People who listen are the people we move towards. So, three quick uh, little points in my sermon this morning. The three ways to listen that will actually bless people. Three ways to listen that will actually bless people. Number one, 
comes out of Philippians 2. It's listen with interest. Be interested. Actually, be interested in other people rather than trying to get people to be interested in you. Philippians 2 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So usually we're not listening well because we're actually being selfish. We're looking at our cell phone. We're thinking about where we need to go. We're thinking about what we want to say to interject. That's actually called selfishness. And Paul says here to the Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, thinking I'm actually more important than you. What I have to say is actually going to trump what you have to say. You know, there's that, that Saturday Night Live skit the, uh, of Penelope, and she's one-ups, Hey, my daughter goes to, you know, is, is seven and is going to piano. And your reply is, well, my daughter's six and she teaches piano. You know, it, it, it's like we live in this culture of one-upping. I'm going here for, for vacation. Oh, well, I'm going here. You know, it's just do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others. Would you agree or disagree? When, when you listen well, you are valuing another person. Is that true? Or, wouldn't you agree? That's true. So if you want to live out the Scripture, not just don't just memorize this, but to really live it out, the way to value others is to become a person that says, I want to grow in becoming a person that listens well. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, which is what we do when we're not listening. We're paying attention to our own interests and what we want to say and what we need to do. But each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, if you read the Gospels, was a great listener was an undistracted listener, was able to pay attention, was able to really be a person who listened with interest. I love this quote. It's an anonymous. I don't know who gets credit. If you want to be a good listener, if you want to be a good listener, think of yourself as someone who comes alongside another person, not to give advice, but to learn the other person's real story. Not to give advice, but to learn the other person's real story. Do you want to be a good listener? Don't give advice. Listen to another person's story. I'm growing in this. Natalie and I were down in Anaheim on Monday. As we announced last week, Franklin was honored for a California Distinguished School Award. And... uh, Many of the teachers were down there, the superintendent of schools, uh, the principal, Casey, was there as well. And we were standing in line, uh, this line to, I say we, because I was just there support. I wasn't going to get my picture taken. I was just there hanging out. But it was really, it, what was fun is the superintendent of schools and the principal and Natalie, Natalie and I were standing in line together, and it was kind of one of those, okay, what are we going to talk about? For me, like, okay, what are we going to do? I'm, I'm not in my world. I'm not in my comfort zone. And, and, and so in that moment, I had an opportunity to just say, Casey, to the principal, I don't know your story. How did you get into education? 
And it was really interesting as she told her story. The superintendent of schools going, I didn't know that about you. And the next thing you knew, the conversation was flowing. People were listening, engaged, interested, actually interested in somebody else's story. And then it moved to another person. And that's what happens. People listen to people who listen. So listen with interest. The second point is listening to understand. In other words, I'm not listening to you to convert you to my opinion or my perspective. I'm listening to actually understand your perspective, to listen to your story. Another Stephen Covey quote, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. So Proverbs, the wisdom literature, Jewish wisdom literature in the Old Testament uh, Proverbs 18, verse 2. I want you to, do we have that on the screen? Maybe not. Okay, I'm going to read it for you. Fools have no interest in understanding. Fools have no interest. Are you a fool or are you what? Do you have interest in understanding somebody else or are you just trying to convert somebody else or persuade somebody else? Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Wow. In this day and age, that would be a verse that uh, would be us, all of us underlining and circling. Fools have no interest in understanding others. They only want to air their own opinions. So just soak in that quote for a second. Here's another quote I love. Being heard is so close to being loved. Being heard is so close to being loved that for most of us, the two are almost indistinguishable. What's the meaning of that? When you listen well, your spouse, your children, your boss, your coworker, your neighbor, your friends, they feel, when they feel heard, they feel loved. When we feel heard, we feel loved. Are you with me? Are you hearing this? Are you going, yeah, right? Easy to say. Any of us, we know this, but executing this. Henry Nowen, love him. I got a quote for you on the screen. Listening is much more than allowing another to talk while waiting for a chance to respond. Listening is paying full attention to others. Listening is paying full, not half attention, not partial attention, full attention to others and welcoming them into our very beings. And the beauty of listening is that those who are listened to, they start feeling accepted. They start taking their words more seriously and discovering their own true selves. I love this next line. Listening is a form of spiritual hospitality. I love that. Listening is a form of spiritual hospitality by which you invite strangers to become friends. If we want to bless others, if we want to be a blessing, we have to listen to understand. We have to listen with interest. 
And then the third point is listening with your ears, but also with your eyes and your heart. And that means being present. I'm going to throw up, uh, before you throw that picture up, before you throw it up, we have a phrase at Ocean Hills, notice what you notice. So I'm, I'm sitting, I, my wife and I were in um, Russia over New Year's with my father and his wife. And Natalie and I are, are, are in the, there's a hotel that we went to to have a drink, the Metropole. And Natalie and I are sitting on a couch or in a couple chairs, and then my dad and his wife are sitting across from us. And we're having a conversation. I want you to notice the body language. We talk about listening with not just your ears, but your eyes and your heart. I want you to look at me. I want you to notice what you notice is in my hands. Notice where my eyes are. And just watch the body language and tell, notice what you notice. Tell me if you can connect with this. Let's throw that slide up. <laughs> What do you see? Bill Parrish, you've never done that. <laughs> never. <laughs> so I'm kind of pretending I'm listening, but I got my cell phone in both hands. Yeah, Dad, I'm listening to my, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dad, I feel you, bro. Right? Anybody else live that way? Okay, you can take that slide down. <laughs> but caught in the act, Right? And that, that, I, I laugh at that photo, but it's painful because that cell phone, if you have a cell phone, why don't you just take it out right now? Just everybody, let's just take it out. If you don't have a cell phone on you, I, I applaud you, actually. I, you, you are an overachiever spiritual giant. I mean, look at I got mine on stage with me. I'm preaching and I can't let go of it. It's in my back pocket. I want you to, um, let me make sure I read my notes right, how I get this right, yeah. I, I would just, true confession, I think this is the number one distraction of becoming a good listener today. I mean, 25 years ago, we didn't have these things, so there were other distractions. But today, the cell phone, I have, uh, I had lunch with a friend today, or not today, <laughs> I, <laughs> I had lunch with a friend this week, and uh, we sat down across from each other at the table, and we both put our cell phones down on the table next to us like this, so screens up and on. And we were talking, and all of a sudden, his, his phone rang. I was like, oh, yeah, no, cool, man, take it. It doesn't matter. And he was like, oh, let me see. Yeah, no, we're good, you know. And then a few minutes later, I had a notification come up. He's like, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. You can check it. And, and, and this went on for the whole hour. Now, I want you to take you to another uh, coffee I had this week. I sat down, and I had my phone on me, and I said, you know, I probably should put this away. And he said, oh, I actually turned mine off and left it in the car. <laughs> That's called spiritual maturity, I think. Now, some of you are going, wait, 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 what? Spiritual maturity and a cell phone? No, reading the Bible is spiritual maturity. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the great commandment? 
Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love everyone always. Love, love, love. This is getting actually in the way of many of us being able to listen well and love well. So I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to push you. You don't have to do this. But if you want to become a, if you want to, if you want to become a person who actually is a person of influence who loves well, you have to become a person who listens well. And John Stott, some of you know that name. We used to have, he spoke several times up at Montecito Covenant when I was on staff there, this British scholar, theologian, just awesome. But he wrote a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, and his big idea of the whole sermon was Christians' lives should look different. That was the word, different. That's what I remember, different, 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 different. In a culture that takes their phone with them, that's always interacting, um, you know, my wife, she'll be talking to me. She goes, you're not even listening to me. You're, you're on your phone. I've, if I've heard that once, I heard it a million times. Anybody else hear that in your marriage? Anybody else? Okay. That, mean, that just means you have room to grow, and me too. Let's, we, we can own that. And, and those of you that are uh, Navy SEAL Christians, you've already figured this out, you know. But here's, here's how we're going to end this sermon today. If you're willing, if you're willing for the next week, just this week, to embrace James 1.19, just that first phrase, be quick to listen, we're going to send out uh, in our e-news this week, uh, and I have it right here on my phone as my screensaver, my lock screen. Uh, it says, be quick to listen, James 1.9. So, when I look at my phone, guess what I get, guess what I get to see? A, a rebuke. Like, like, why are you looking at your phone right now instead of listening to your wife? And so um, you could take a screenshot of the email that we send you this week, and then, and then this week put it, put it on your lock screen or in your home screen and let it serve as a reminder. Now, that, now some of you are going, that's it? That's all I have to commit to? No. No, 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 no. That's easy. Here's what I want you to make a commitment to for this week, and, and, and to join me. I'm making this commitment that before any breakfast appointment, lunch appointment meeting, I'm going to turn, I'm not just going to put it on silent. You know, there's actually, if you push two buttons, this, this part comes on, and then if you slide, the power actually goes off your phone. <laughs> Did you know that? That's like a drop the mic moment in my sermon. My phone now was off. Now, what would happen if I went to lunch with you and I just, it was off and I left it in my car and I listened well? You're going to feel loved and valued. What if I turned it off, put it in my briefcase, in my backpack, came to lunch, go into a meeting, walk in the front door. Before I walk in the front door with my wife, I, I get out of my car. Wait, before I get out of my car, I'm going to push those two buttons and slide that thing and turn it off. Now, here's why we're not going to do it. Oh, yeah, but what if? What if what? But what if? Dot, dot, dot. Now, people in my profession, I have friends that never turn off their phone because what if somebody calls at 3 in the morning because somebody died? I'm like, well, they're dead, number one. <laughs> but number two, I've been, a, I've been in full-time ministry for 35 years, and I've never had somebody call me at 3 a.m. because somebody died. I never have. And you know what? I thought about this myself. What if I called 
somebody at three in the morning because somebody died and it went to voicemail? Am I going to go, oh, they don't love me because they didn't pick up their phone? No. You'll adapt. You'll figure out another way to do it. And that might happen once in your life, maybe twice. But here's what I want you to make a commitment to do, to turn off your phone when you go into a meeting, to turn off your phone when you go to dinner, breakfast, whatever. Turn off your phone when you go to bed. You're like, what? Yeah, actually turn it off. Put it in a different room. Yeah, but. No, yeah, but. I want you to think about it this way. The cell phone, fasting from it for these little periods when, when you're with people, it's a way to love well. It's actually a practical way to love well. It's a, ready for this? A spiritual practice. You think, well, I thought reading the Bible was what I was supposed to do. You can do that too. But actually turning off your phone, leaving it, and being fully present, listening with interest, listening with understanding, listening with your eyes, your ears, and your body. This is not listening. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. That's not listening. And so if you're willing to do that, I want you to pull out your phone, and I want you to stand up. And right now, right here, this is, you may not want to do it. Maybe, no, maybe I'm the only one. I want you to stand up and turn off your phone right now. Just turn it off right now. As a commitment this week, this week you're going to do it. This week before you go into a meeting, you're going to do it. Not the rest of your life, just this week. I love it. I'm going to have the band come on up. This doesn't make you more spiritual than the person sitting next to you. It just means that where you're at in your life, you are like me, and you're saying, I, I need to be stretched. I, I need to grow in my faith, and this is one practical way to do it. We're going to just do it between now and next Sunday. We're not saying it's off all the time. It's just off when you're going to actually be with people. If you're going to have a dinner party, you don't need your phone on the dinner table. You just leave it in a different room turned off. Okay. So put your hand on your heart and maybe have your cell phone in that hand too. Like, <laughs> like, like that's commitment right here. This is like I'm consecrating this to the Lord right now, okay? And let me pray for us. And then we're going to sing. And as we sing, some of you, you see some of you are like, okay, I did that. Some of you, though, actually, in, in all seriousness, your next step is actually to come and pray we're going to have our prayer team up here. Some of you, this, is, this actually is a problem in your marriage, and you know it. Some of you, this is a problem in your friendships, and you know it. Some of you, this is just a big problem in your life. And, and why not today say, not only is it turned off, I, I, I'm just going to ask for a blessing. I'm going to ask for freedom. I'm going to ask to be released that I don't have this FOMO. Oh, my gosh, maybe somebody's texting me. Oh, my gosh. It's for an hour over lunch. It's while you sleep. It's while you're with people having dinner. I'm not saying turn it off for the rest of your life. It's a way to be present with people. But some of you, I want to, I, I want to invite you to come down and pray and ask the Spirit of the Lord to let us just pray over you that he would break the bondage that this has, that, that he'd set you free uh, in your spirit. So let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing, and then some of you are going to come down and receive a blessing as we pray. Father, 
I just wonder if, if this phone in my hand has become an idol. It's become too important. Yes, we, we acknowledge it's, it's a tool. It's a communication tool, but, but sometimes I know in my life it's become way, it's like crack. And I just, I just want to confess that I need to be set free. And I want to learn to listen well and love well. This is such a growth area in my life, and I own that, and I confess that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, I invite you to bring uh, conviction into our hearts when uh, we forget what we've committed. And I pray that this wouldn't be a, a, a have to, but a get to. I get to be set free today. I, I, I get to become the man, the woman that God dreams for me to become. I get to be the husband that he wants me to become. That I'm not going to be a slave to this. I, I'm going to become, I'm going to grow. This is something I can do. I can grow in listening well and loving well. And so as we stand here together, we commit ourselves to becoming people who love well and listen well. To honor you and to be a blessing to our community out there who are desperately crying to be loved and listened to. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.